Worry convinces us there's danger and then tricks us into getting into fight, flight, or freeze mode, even when there is no danger. Today, Dr. David Carbonell, clinical psychologist, anxiety expert, and author of the best-selling audiobook, The Worry Trick, shares advice on new ways to respond to worrying, rather than trying to eliminate it. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. We offer brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Today we're sharing an excerpt from the popular audiobook, The Worry Trick. How Your Brain Tricks You Into Expecting the Worst and What You Can Do About It by Dr. David Carbonell. This audiobook shows how worry and anxiety hijack the brain and offers powerful counterintuitive strategy to help you put worry in its place and break the cycle of worry once and for all. In this episode, Dr. Carbonell discusses how easy it is to be fooled by our thoughts, especially chronic worry, and a more effective approach than trying to eliminate worry. How your thoughts are fooling you. Thoughts are trickier. With physical sensations and behaviors that are signs of anxiety, people naturally learn to interpret the symptoms accurately. If you see a person in a meeting constantly jiggling his leg, how likely are you to think that this person really wants to play soccer or to kick you? If you see someone biting a fingernail, how likely are you to think that this person is so hungry as to be reduced to eating fingernails? Probably not so likely. You would probably recognize that these symptoms have to be interpreted. It's overly simplistic to take the appearance of a symptom as its complete meaning. But with thoughts, especially our own thoughts, it's easy to get fooled into taking the apparent content of the thought as the precise meaning of the thought. No interpretation appears necessary. If I experience a thought such as, what if I have cancer and an anxious frame of mind, I might very well respond as though the thought about cancer is itself a sign of cancer, when, in fact, the thought is simply an expression of nervousness, which happens to be focused on the idea of cancer. In the same way, heart racing is a sign of nervousness that happens to be focused on the heart, and nail-biting is a sign of nervousness that happens to be focused on the teeth and fingernails. Ultimately, the real meaning of the worrisome thoughts of chronic worry generally has little to do with the apparent content and subject matter of the thoughts. We'll return to this topic in Chapter 6 when we diagram the worry thoughts. The real meaning of these worrisome thoughts is the same as the meaning of the heart racing and someone experiencing a panic attack, the sweating and dry mouth experienced by someone preparing to give a presentation, or the jiggling of a leg as someone waits idly for a meeting to start or an airplane to take off. What's that meaning? I'm nervous. Plain and simple, I'm nervous. Yet, because these symptoms are expressed in words or pictures, we tend to treat them differently than other symptoms. We have thoughts about thoughts. 
We have certain ideas about thoughts, what they mean, how we should respond to them, that often get in our way. Finding a solution to the problem of chronic worry is going to involve new ways of responding to it, not efforts to abolish it. Let's suppose that, instead of simply wanting to get through a scary movie, a movie that you previously found very upsetting, you wanted to get to a point where you could watch it without feeling any strong emotion. I don't know why you'd want that, but if that were your ambition, how could you get to the point where the movie didn't bother you so much? The answer won't involve anything like those steps that people take to get through a scary movie. Those steps maintain the fear by struggling to keep it at bay. That's okay with a scary movie. It's okay to get through a scary movie because it's a very small, incidental part of your life, one you can leave behind when the show is over. However, worry can become a big part of life, and struggling to simply get through life itself is not a strategy, it's a tragedy. The answer that occurs to me is that the most reliable way to drain a scary movie of the fear, to make it kind of tedious rather than fearsome, would be to watch that movie again and again. You could rent the DVD, or whatever technology is now current, and view it over and over, not skipping the scary parts, not turning off the scary sound, but rather immersing yourself in it again and again. You need to have a strong motive to do this, because you'd feel unpleasantly afraid during the first several viewings. But do you have any doubt, if you watched it this way often enough, that it would gradually lose its ability to scare you? After all, this is what naturally happens even to people who are fans of scary movies. A new scary movie will come out, and an aficionado will discover his new favorite scary movie. He'll go see that movie several times, and, after a number of viewings, he no longer derives as much scary pleasure as he used to, and sooner or later, a new scary movie becomes his favorite. The old favorite becomes boring with repetition. That's what we want to do with chronic worry. Make it more boring and less upsetting. Thanks for listening to this excerpt from the audiobook, The Worry Trick. How your brain tricks you into expecting the worst and what you can do about it. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is for information purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast are not medical or psychological advice. This podcast is offered with the understanding that the publisher is not engaged in rending psychological financial, legal, or other professional services. If expert assistance or counseling is needed, the service of a competent professional should be sought. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.